Sister. All right, Brother Evans. Amen. Service of yours. Praise the Lord. Let's invite God's blessing on this Bible class right away. God, we thank you today for your kindness and goodness and mercy. Oh, God, look down from heaven. Give us help from on high. And help us, God, for we'll give you the thanks that belong to your name in Jesus' name. Tell me what you want me to do in the Okay, what's this one for? Well, there's a little song I feel like singing. It's good to be here, and I appreciate the good crowd we have this afternoon for the Bible class. You'd be surprised what encouraged me the most today. When I came in, my heart just lifted when I seen all the young folks and the children in this Bible class. I just, well, I don't know what it is about it, but I think there's something precious about youth. And it adds something to our meetings that we better never let get away from us. I thank the Lord for them, don't you, this afternoon? I know sometimes they go to sleep and they get restless and what have you, but I give them lots of liberty. They can take a nap if they like. As long as they wake up at the right time, say amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But it's a wonderful thing to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be here. I like what I feel. I'm very nervous, very tense. Uh, you'd think it was my first Bible class, <laughs> the way I feel. But I know one thing, Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. And really he didn't, and I've said this before, he knew we could do something. We can all do something. But it's still nothing if he don't bless it. Anything without his touch ain't all that much. But if God's Spirit touches it, all oh, that makes the biggest difference in all the world. Praise God. So this afternoon, you, you pray for me. I want to sing a little bit here this afternoon, trying to get myself calmed down, where I can try to teach a little. Oh, yeah. A couple of things I don't want to forget. Okay. Oh, I feel like going on. Oh, I feel going on the Lord has been so good to me and I feel like going on oh I feel like going on oh I me and I feel like going on help me sing it well I feel like going 
going on How many feel like going on Do you feel like going on? Let the Lord know it today For the Lord has made a way for me And I feel like going on You know, as I was singing that chorus I was thinking about all the legal technicalities and uh, I don't know if there is the words for it, but intricacies of the law. You know, really, the Bible said that he nailed the law was so technical and so specific and detailed, and I don't know if anybody could have qualified, really. I'd almost like to say some things, but I don't want to bring up those things right now but or our fathers could endure there were things about it that were just not endurable oh but the Bible said that God came and provided some better thing for us hallelujah 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 he not only made a way for, oh I love him today hallelujah that's what I feel like going on help me sing it well I feel going on oh, I feel like going on the Lord has made a way for me and I feel like going on I feel like going home. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just feel that to the Lord a little bit more here. Power has no measure. Love has no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he just giveth and giveth and giveth again. His Power has no measure. Hard to eat them straight. His grace has no limit. His love has no boundary. Known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus. 
he giveth, and he giveth, and he giveth again. Oh, his grace has no limit. I'd like to say that again and leave any implication it wants to. His grace has no limit. His power has no major. And his love has no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he just giveth and giveth. You know what hit my mind there? A hooky giant that never runs out. He giveth and he giveth and giveth. And giveth, and he giveth, and giveth, and giveth again. Years ago, we lived in, well, all our lives we lived in trailer parks, traveling. The kids would make friends in the neighborhood, and if they knew my wife was baking, they'd come home to get cookies and things. Of course, they always brought their friends with them. Of course, that could go on forever. Their friends had friends, and that all day. And I thought that today as I was singing here, it's funny how different thoughts come to your mind when you get in service. But I could see the entire world, all of humanity, just lined up at God's door, expecting. And in God's case, it just never runs out. <laughs> hallelujah 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 could I say spiritually speaking kind of a little metaphor here God has a bakery that runs 24 hours a day 7 days a week hallelujah hallelujah oh he given and he given You ever receive anything from him? And given. I said, did you ever receive anything from him? No lie on him. He's looking to see if you remember. Did you ever receive anything from him? He given. And he given. Let's change it. He gave me. And he gave me. And he gave me. Again, oh, his grace has no limit, his power has no measure, his love has no boundaries known unto men, for out of his infinite Riches in Jesus, He giveth, and He giveth, and He giveth again. And I'll thank you, Lord, 
I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord. I better thank you, Lord. I thank you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord. I thank you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I want to thank you. You better thank you all the days of my life. Help me sing it. I thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord. I thank you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you all the days of my life. My life. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lord. Light from upstairs before I can travel on down the road. Hallelujah. And so you, you pray for me that God will help me be a blessing here today. I appreciate this church. And uh, a lot of years have gone by. <laughs> uh, Brother Spell laughed the other day. He said, boy, he said, a lot of years have gone by since you ate 40 pounds of bananas. I said, you ain't joking. We had our children in Brother Spell's home for five weeks. I think it was four weeks. All five of them, and as big as that house was, you know, any house with that many children away from home can get smaller and smaller. But we never did feel uneasy, not one time. I never felt cramped. We probably got in their hair, but they never showed it. They never let us know it. We always felt good that children have fond memories of staying in their home. Sister Spell went out of her way to fixes lunches and get things we liked and all. She's done that a long time. Sometimes people just use you and they have a way of forgetting. But I don't want to forget all the good things that people's done for me over the years and they were a blessing to our lives and our home. And, and now enough time has gone by that I've almost got as many grandkids as she had. And uh, I seen the day when she left the auditorium and it looked like a string of ducks behind her going to her little office. But I can almost match it now. I'm telling you, it is a riot at our house. But we're all still serving God. And uh, I told, sometimes preachers say, well, they call me and say, how are you doing? I said, well, we're not setting the world on fire. But we're not letting ours go out either. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. 
Praise God. And so this afternoon, if God be in my helper, and I, I didn't set my watch the same as yours, so I got 253, that means it's 153, doesn't it? So according to my watch, if I quit it, yeah, you heard that, didn't you? I said if I quit, if I quit at 4 o'clock, that'd be your time, be 3 o'clock. That's right, all right. All right, I can still tell time if I can't do anything else, praise the Lord. But y'all pray for me today, I want to teach a little. And I'm sure that our visiting ministers will identify with this. I have more message today than I have sermon. I don't have much of a, a sermon. We might act foolish and sermonize one day during this week and prove we can teach something homiletically correct. But right now it's more better felt than tells. And I would just like to speak from my heart. I hope. Really, I don't want to hear a preacher that don't feel what he's saying. They can all just shut up. Praise the Lord. Well, they might as well. You ain't going to hear it anyhow. The only thing that you really hear is what comes from the heart. We're a heart people. Our heart's in this. This is in our hearts. God's judging our hearts. We serve God from the heart. Uh, the Bible said we obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine delivered unto us. And, and so our heart's in this. And uh, the only way you can please God and please the, the family of God is to have heart. Put the heart in your preaching. Put your heart in your singing. Put your heart in your praying. Put your heart in your testifying. Put your heart in your shouting. If you shout, for heaven's sakes, do a good, hard, hot job of it. Hallelujah. Shout with everything you got. If you dance, do the same way. I know it's not all physical, but I tell our folk at home, if you're not wore out, when you get done, you didn't do it right. And so some nights I come home, I say, well, I don't know what God feels, but I think I did it right. Well, I fall right out in a chair. <laughs> but whatever your hand finds to do, you have to do with all your might. Praise God. And here in the back? Okay. Lord, with an echo like this, I thought they could hear me at the airport. Praise God. We're out of here. Oh, oh. All right. Ain't that beautiful? We got enough equipment to... Now, can I go down there? No, I don't know why you didn't put a little stool or something over there. Look here now, what Ever noticed that space under the altar before? That might come in handy. Yeah. I just take a dive under there and escape. Hallelujah. Only trouble is you gotta come out. You can't stay there all the time. All right. Lord have mercy. Jesus. I have to pray again before it's over here.
Find any old bricks? Well, I guess it has. I'll make a deal with you. If I knock it over, you pick it back up, will you? If that don't work, well, I put two of you to settle on it while I do. Well, you say, well, Brother Evans, why do you why do you stand down there anyhow? Well, can I make up something here? Down the log over, sure as the world. I'm getting mad, praise the Lord. All right, we'll try our best. But now, in the early, early beginning of our, our ministry, everywhere I went, I'm a short person, and everywhere I went, they had pulpits, it was miniature silos. And if I wanted to see the audience, I had to peep around on one side and peep around the other. It was intimidating as well as annoying. And I got tired of that, and I just started standing down on the ground floor. Well, after 29 years, you know the old saying, don't you? Can't teach an old dog new tricks, so I don't have that much time left in this world, and it ain't worth trying to change, praise the Lord. So I just kept on doing it down here. And uh, I even do that at home. I have a book with this. I bought, matched all the pews. It's just brand new. I hardly ever use it. But it is scarred up. But it isn't from teaching. It's from me putting my foot through the door. Trying to illustrate how bad I wanted to have a good meeting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, anyhow, you know about that. But I, I want to, if God will help me settle down, this Bible lesson is more of a, a feeling than a message, I told you that, more than just a sermon. And I asked him, well, if he had a blackboard, he said he didn't believe in him. I said, oh, here, I have a notion to write on a wall, hallelujah. So we've had trouble communicating from the very beginning. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to end up. But God being my helper, as I got ready for this meeting, I, I had thought to make it easy on myself and just use camp meeting material that I'd been teaching over the country. And then there are sometimes a sermon lives in a preacher's heart for a while and there's something that I preached for a long time. And then it died. And there just, it just, that was the end of that. It just came to an, an end. I didn't feel the inspiration for it anymore. I didn't feel the, the push and the unction for it. And then the Lord dropped this thought in my heart and I didn't know what kind of a service we would have. I didn't know what kind of meeting it would be. Every camp meeting, like every conference, has a different spirit in it. Every meeting has a certain theme or a certain feeling. And you can depend on that. And that whole that whole meeting will have a certain thing in it that you identify that conference with. So I didn't know whether this would fit this meeting or not. I only know that this seems all that's living in my heart right now. So there are fancier messages, but. <laughs> 
I have them. But I just feel I have to go this way, so so be it, okay? Is it all right with you? Lord, we ask you again that you look down from heaven. Touch our minds and our hearts. Give us the word from heaven. We're here in a quiet frame of mind to think upon your precious word. Lead us this afternoon and we'll give you the thanks. In Jesus' name. I don't know that this is what we call hard preaching. I, I don't think it is. A fellow might get wound up preaching it and it turned out to be kind of hot. But usually that's not my intentions. But sometime in the, in the course of preaching, <laughs> it'll catch fire on you. But as far as I'm concerned this afternoon, I just want to appeal to your heart. I know why I'm teaching this. I know why I'm teaching it. I know what under, I know the feeling that's underneath me, and I know what's in my heart. I know what concerns me today more than anything else. And I, I want to say that I, I have been blessed serving God. I hope I can launch out, and you're very patient, I can tell, that serving the Lord has blessed me. So many ways that if I were to describe in detail the benefits that have come my way from serving God, some of it would be embarrassing. We had such a humble beginning. Hallelujah. We had such a humble beginning. I don't, not here, I just want to have a reason. Sometimes if you know what's behind the message, you can hold still for it more and appreciate it more. But I came from an unsaved home. My parents were not saved. And my, you know, you've heard me teach these things over the years. And I guess I preached here at least 20-some years ago. My last revival was preached here when I took my church 16 years ago. And I preached four or five years before that. So it's been 22 or 23 years since I came here and preached. But God... God blessed us over the years. We started out so humble. And I, in my own personal life, before I ever had a wife and children, when I was just four years old, my grandparents took me to a Pentecostal church and they prayed for. God touched my mouth and my speech, gave me a voice and let me sing and praise his name since I was a little kid up. Then I started going to church all by myself when I was seven years old to, uh, uh, well, Grace Baptist Church for a while, for about two years. And uh, old Brother Hammond said they didn't get me out soon enough, but anyway, bless his heart. <laughs> but anyhow, I stayed there two years and then I learned about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and went to an assembly of God for about five years. Never was baptized in the titles I always knew, Acts 2.38. My grandfather was apostolic. But we were in the country. We had no church. My parents were unsaved. 
And so I had to, had to look out for myself. Just make it the best way I knew how. And my future would have been so zero, I wouldn't have had a chance in the world. From the background I had and the home that I came from, my life would have never turned out like this. Oh, Jesus, if it hadn't been for a little Pentecostal church that was born of water and spirit and knew what to do for a poor little hilly country boy that had no future unless God laid his hand upon him. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. And God has been good to me. God's been good to me. Not only did he guide my steps and direct me, and uh, when I went to get married, I prayed like a madman. I mean, my wife and I went together 10 months, was engaged 10 days. <laughs> Took me a while, but once I made up my mind, money, get out of my way. Hallelujah. But we went to church. Well, it's so anyhow. We went to church. She got on one end of the altar, and I got on the other, and we prayed like our hearts would break. God, if this is not your will, stop it. God, if your hand's not in this that we're about to do, interfere with it. Break it up. Uh, what is it? Interfere with this thing. Block it. Don't let it ruin our lives and make our lives a mess. Help us to know the will of God. Help us to be in your perfect will. We want your help the rest of our lives. We're going to have to have your will in the beginning. Hallelujah to God. Can you believe that? You don't you in trouble here today. Praise God. Praise God. You've got trouble if you don't believe that. Well, the devil can screw you up any way he wants to if you don't believe that. Hallelujah. Come on, let's wave at the Lord a little bit. Praise God. But oh, we sought God and praise God and of course God put us in the ministry and we started out with a little old travel trailer and uh, we didn't have anybody, and I borrowed and $13.50 to my name <laughs> when I started. And guess what? I've seen that happen more than once after that, too. Praise the Lord. And it just looked like we were just going to be beggars all our lives. But we started out, I borrowed $20 from an old preacher and uh, paid him back, too. Praise God. And uh, we had $33.50. To start our first revival, we made a trip to North Louisiana from South Florida. And I had $8 left, praise God's sweet name. And we rent 1,100 miles, that old 57 Chevrolet, and had one child, one on the way, and we had one on the way every since then for several years. Praise God, had them one right after the other, and lived in a small trailer, never had a nickel, lived on peanuts, you might say, and still kept doing what we're doing. I still kept doing what I was doing. Praise God. Praise God. And God blessed all those years. And I know that I know where my blessings came from. I know that I wouldn't have had, <laughs> well, anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. If I hadn't have sought the Lord and stayed close to God. And the only thing that concerns me today is this, that I know that the future 
of our I want my children to be blessed. And if you have a sound mind, you want to see your sons and your daughters blessed. Oh, my God, Brother Spell, yes, we live in the past. And I talk a lot about the past. And you can't forget the pit from whence you were dug. But, oh, forgive me, I don't, oh, I hope this comes across right. But the past, my past experiences are not going to help my generation unless they have some of their own experiences. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And my, if you want to know where I'm going and what the burden of my sermon is today is this, that they are not going to be able to duplicate the experiences and the deliverances and the wonderful visitations that you and I have enjoyed unless somehow or another we manage to keep this thing like it has been in the past. If we don't maintain what we've had, we're not, they're not going to get what I got. And there's a scripture that said, having begun in the spirit, are we now made perfect with the flesh? Anybody with a sound mind knows the answer is no. Hallelujah to God. One of the first early things I learned as a boy, if forgive me, hallelujah, but it's the God truth. Jesus said it is, in the Old Testament, it is not by might. Glory! I'm more interested in my preaching than I am your tape, so if I get away from that, don't worry about it. Some of you are tape praising. There's only one tape I'm in love with, and that's that duct tape, that silver tape. I couldn't run my church in my life without it. Praise God. But he said, it's not by might, nor by power, it's by my spirit, Samuel. God the Spirit. God is the Spirit. If there's no spirit in it, there's no God in it. No spirit, no God. And when God isn't in anything, you haven't got anything at all. But if the spirit of God gets in it, it doesn't have to be all that much. Hallelujah. The song says little is much if God is in it. Jesus oh God the thing that brought us where we are is the thing that's going to keep us anyway I want to the scripture that I want to use is 2nd John how many Bibles we got here this afternoon hold them up high of course, you know I got one. Hey, that's pretty good. I'm not going to count them, but I'd like to see twice as many tomorrow. Praise the Lord. But in Second John, verse 8, what does it say, somebody? Look to yourselves. Oh, that we lose not those things 
Hallelujah. Well, in that we lose not. Look to yourselves that you lose not. I don't know how you ever travel much. Oh, God, these mice. But if you travel, I don't know where you hear your money. But I don't know about you, but I keep checking it. I find myself, if I get in a crowd or I'm in some kind of a mall or people bump up against me or something, I have a way of just... You know, my billfolds, you know, sometimes head up here, sometimes there. Now, if you're a pickpocket, you know where to hit. Hallelujah. Praise God. But when I'm a long way from home, I know you can't get text passed just everywhere. Years ago, we didn't have credit cards that much either. And so if you lost your money, you lost your way home. <laughs> and so you made a habit of just checking that. Hallelujah. If you've got any brains today, let me tell you something. Paul said, we are not yet crowned. Well, we got about four amen. Now, how many more are there? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. We are not yet crowned, we're not yet home. And he said, look to yourself. Look to yourself. <laughs> Constantly look to yourself. Keep checking. Keep reassuring yourself. Keep taking notice. Don't, don't be absent-minded. Don't be careless. Don't be reckless. Don't be uh, unalert. But be sharp. Be alert. Be conscious. Be quick-witted. Make sure you don't lose those things which we have wrought. Come on. Let's wave at the Lord one more time. Let him know we're here. Praise God. <clears throat> now, I want to, I want to go to the, <laughs> to the dictionary. Some men don't like to use the dictionary, brother. Bean said, well, let's hope he was sober when he wrote this. Praise the Lord. Well, anyhow, it is the English language nonetheless. But what is, you know, that, that word said, let us not lose the things which we have wrought. Did you hear that word in there, wrought? We don't use it much in our modern vernacular, but nonetheless, look what it says. Oh, it has a big meaning, but I just took a little of it. Formed. Or fashioned. Well, you'll, you'll be able to tell the one I want. Shaped by hammering. Already one boy said, uh-oh. All right. Beating. Or beating. And then he goes on to say, elaborated. With hair. Decorated and ornamented. Well, all I can say is this. When I looked at that word, I couldn't help but think what we went through. What we went through to get some of the standards that we have. My friend, let me tell you something. All of us didn't grow up in a strict church. All of us weren't born on Hallelujah Avenue. 
And so when they told us to do this and not do the other and lay down this and pick up that, put on this and take off that, some of us obeyed because we were the type of people that we just, we just yielded. But not all of us were that congenial about it. I was a rather stubborn type person and to just do something because other people preached it just didn't set with me. To just change my, my style and my habits from one church to another just to get a revival, I felt like you was a lizard that changed color everywhere you went. I had a young evangelist walk up to me one time years back and said, Brother Evans, what do these brethren believe? I said, what do you want to know for? Well, he said, how do you get a revival with them? I wouldn't tell him anything. He didn't deserve to know. Then one, this other guy walked up and he looked like a circus clown. He walked up to me and said, Brother Evans said, Oh, I would just love to be with you all. I said, I just couldn't stand to wear black all the time. Well, he didn't know it. That wasn't no standard. That was just something we all did, copied the old elders, but he thought it was. And I thought with an attitude like that, let him believe it. So I just told him, I said, Son, some can take it and some can't. Hallelujah to God. <laughs> but oh, some of that things. And uh, I laughed. It hitches up with you after a while, though. Lord have mercy. But uh, he was that way. And he didn't realize. He didn't realize what some of us went through. You don't know what it was like. Some of y'all didn't have the generals that were over us. Some of y'all didn't have the tutors that we had. They weren't tutors, they were booters, hallelujah. They didn't toot their horn, they booted you. You just did it. And they looked at you, they blessed God, you are not going to do this here. If you get along with me, you're going to do so and so. Well, you obeyed for the moment, but back in your mind you thought, oh, crazy old coot. Why did he believe like that? I don't see nothing wrong with that. Why is that necessary? Ah, he's just in a rut, or he's just not modern, or he's just traditional-minded. And we have some way of discounting the stands they took, you know, in our minds. But, oh, my God, years went by, and after a while, God, God began to give us understanding and give us knowledge. I'm tempted to tell you some of the experiences I had. Oh, and you're not all that delicate anyway. I know you've heard plenty of plain stuff. If you haven't, you're fixing to. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I come from the North. Northern churches in general were never what we call holiness-minded. They had standards, but they were not as strict and not as external uh, as the Southern churches were. And I came from them, and we always looked like any clothesline preacher, but we called him a clothesline preacher, if he preached all clothes. So I was preaching revival in Miami years ago for uh, old Brother Dunn when he had the church back then. And of course, we, we'd been around enough, and they'd worked on us and whooped up on us enough that we were the best behaved young couple in Pentecost for a while. Praise the Lord. I told him one time, I said, we're the only people going to heaven. 
And they said, how do you say that? I said, we've done what all of you believe. I said, none of you agree. Hallelujah. We tried to obey and show a good spirit. But anyway, I asked an old lady. Some of you would know her name if I called her name. And I asked her. I said, uh, well, I, I don't, you know, I don't look no more. And I thought, well, this, I think I can get away with this with this woman. She just looked like she'd just up and tell you without being offensive, see. So I said, ma'am, I said, I know we all wear long sleeves and you all preach long sleeves and I happen to appreciate it now too, but I said, I'm just a young man. Now, this has been 25 years ago. And I said, uh, I just kind of took it for granted, you know, that many also people just wear their sleeves down below the elbow. I said, but, you know, way back yonder, I said, you remember preaching it. I said, did they ever tell you why? I said, did they ever give you a decent reason for this? You see, and I couldn't find the length of the sleeve in the Bible. It just said modest apparel. So I said, well, I don't see all these legalistic things in the Bible. I said, how, how do I know it's necessary? I said, now don't. I knew she wouldn't put me down for asking her. She knew I was sincere. And she looked at me and she put her hand on her hip. And I knew I was going to get it. And see it coming. She said, well, being as you asked me, I guess I'll just tell you. Oh, I was all ears. And she said, well, she said, years ago, when people got whirly and went to dance halls and Hollywood and everything, said women jerked their sleeve out with the roots, she called it, because she said it made their bust more attractive and look more sensual than they would if they, did, if they had sleeves in their blouse. And she turned sideways to me and shoved her sleeve up and showed me her bare arm. And then she put her sleeve back down. And when she put her sleeve back down, that material blended with the rest of her blouse. And it was much more modest, much more ladylike, more motherly. I didn't need to ask her anything else about that. She convinced me that very day. But, Brother Spell, I was in Pentecost for years before anybody ever told me anything like that. They said things, they preached things, they made all kind of goofy statements, you know. But I never understood, I never understood the value of some of these things. They were not just a tradition, there was a method in their madness. They had a purpose behind some of their little rules and regulations. Praise God. Do you understand that there were people that didn't want to do it? There were other people that would have done it if they had just a little more reasonable understanding and teaching along with it. But do you understand the time that old preachers walked away from the pulpit, ringing wet, their bones aching, laying down on the floor to get their body relaxed for beating out and hammering out looseness and worldliness in those churches? Praise God. I came along as a young preacher. I didn't have to bother with all those things. They were already hammered out for me. But I haven't got that long to live. I can't turn around and re-educate a whole new tribe of people. The only hope I have is to not lose the things. Hallelujah! That somebody else has wrought for me. I went through hell on earth. Over jewelry. Some of you might even remember the days when my wife and I both wore wedding rings. 
Only I was a little worse than her. I had a wedding ring and a glass ring, heart and handkerchief, gold pencils, a red vest with gold buttons down the front, two-toned shoes, and if I'd have had a watch chain, I'd have swung it too. Praise God. I was decked out. i tell you what brought that on, Brother Spell. I looked in the Sears Roebuck catalog, and they had these models, and I said, man, if I thought that'd make me look like that, I'd put on that kind of uniform. So I decked out like that, but one day I got ready to go to the, I was in Canada preaching for Mr. Davis of all people. And I went to get myself ready and something checked me, said, you don't need that. I thought, oh my God, you can get fanatic, this ain't God, so I put it on there. But I never did feel good about it. So finally one of the saints come along and I just give it to them. Really, I wish I'd have kept it. Showed people, they'd have never believed I'd dress like that, but I did. But anyhow, I still had rings and all these other things. I was around men. I was around men that, that they would preach holiness. <laughs> they preach the rings off you all right, but be careful if you deal with them. They take you to the cleaners. They sell you a five hundred dollar car for fifteen hundred bucks if they thought you were stupid enough. It sure is well, well. Whoever you is. And what I've seen, the inconsistency, and I've seen how that they're holding us on the, in, in one little area. It looked to me like they were gagging at gnats and swallowing camels. That confused me. I got all upset about it, and I got touchy over the issue. And I told my wife one day, I said, I hate the word holiness. I'm so tired of it, I don't want to hear it no more. I've been there. Then I got back around when they were loose <laughs> and quite whirly. And I said, uh-oh, I don't like this. And I had to admit to myself, you don't like this, you don't like that. What do you like? I said, I don't know what I like. And you go through times in your life when you don't know which way you want to turn. I'm just telling how the Lord brought us. It wasn't, it was confusing to me. I held revivals and one woman, woo, she was bossy. A thousand cows wouldn't be as bossy as that woman was, I'm telling you. She was mean. And the poor old gal, she couldn't sit down without showing her girdle. And there my wife was, Sister Evans has always been a modest woman. You all know that. If you don't, you just wait 50 years. She lives that long. She hadn't changed. Dressed down here when she sat down, a perfect lady. But she had on a wedding band. And this old gal chewed her like a biting sow. I thought, my God, how could she be so upset over a wedding band and be that mean and hateful and bossy? I said, she'd be better off with a ring on all ten fingers and ten toes. Hallelujah to God. When you try to convert somebody to a different standard, these kind of things are confusing to them. Not everybody's stupid and dumb. God give us a brain sometimes. We use it, don't we? Come on now. Come on. I'm only I'm just telling the whole story for a reason. But it was confusing to me. I would get upset. I would cry. I would pray. I would study. I would argue. I would yield. And then I would have fights. So years went by and we never wore jewelry and 
we got used to being without it and then it began to look funny to me when I did see it I had changed without knowing it and I said well I like it and I appreciate it but I don't know that I would teach it I still hadn't come to that place yet you say oh well then but that was easy well now wait a minute I'd give you a few things that wouldn't be so easy for you so don't jump too high so anyhow I wasn't all I tried to conform I remember holding a revival one time and the preacher hollering at me about my ring so I took my ring off put it in my pocket I thought well I'll try to walk right show a good spirit and when they passed the offering and I reached in got all my change and put in the offering I put my ring in there too and I felt sentimental about it and I didn't want to give it up see and so I said hey wait a minute I dropped something in the offering pass oh we'll get it brother then they went to fishing around in the offering and said oh he lost his ring in there well then the whole church knew I wore it anyhow and I felt him out that high and wanted to die I said, Mom, well, you know the old saying, <laughs> you do if you do it, do if you don't, hallelujah. I said, I ain't seen a win this thing. But it was confusing, it was hard, it was embarrassing. There were, there were things that came in our lives. And then something happened that I, well, I would have never believed it would have happened. And I was alone, in fact, uh, it's been, oh my Lord, at least 20-some years, I know. I was in Canada, around where Brother Featherstone is. And I woke up at 5.30 one morning. And let me tell you, when I wake up at 5.30, it's God. I'm a late sleeper. And, uh, in fact, when I do wake up that early, I'm always scared because I know that's heavy stuff. And uh, I sat right up in bed. And uh, I... The Lord spoke to my heart. Now, he could have said this to a hundred different preachers, and it would have represented something different to each one. But you know how the Lord's talking to you when he witnessed something to you. You know what he means for you to hear. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, If you don't want the whole herd out, you better put up the gap. And being an old farmer boy, I knew what that meant. Because if you have cattle or hogs or anything, you may have a good solid fence everywhere. But if you have a loophole somewhere, they're going to keep hunting around till they find it and then they'll go to work in it and they'll make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Then after a while they all follow one another right out that hole. And the Lord witnessed to me that if I didn't want more jewelry, I better get rid of it all. And I woke up my wife, I started laughing in a way, I couldn't believe myself. I just couldn't believe it. But I knew it was real. And I woke up my wife. I said, Mom, I got something to tell you. You will never believe. She woke up half asleep. She's of a quiet nature anyhow. So she just, one eye said, what is it? I said, God gave me a conviction of my own on this ring business. She sat right up and said, what's that? I said, you'll never believe it. <clears throat> And we both laughed and cried and praised the Lord for it. After all that time, he got settled. But can some of you identify with me on this? Can you understand the emotional trauma that we went through? Trying to obey, trying to cooperate, trying to believe. 
without a whole lot of understanding, without a whole lot of background for it. We went through a lot of stuff. Do you know how I feel about the conviction of no jewelry to me? It's like these, one of these things that were hammered out. Rot. It just didn't come about. It just didn't blow in off the street, honey. We, we sweated over this one, hallelujah. We worked hard over that one. You hear what I'm saying? Praise God forever. Now you're not going to come around a few years later and talk me out of that. Oh, no. If I was going to give that up, I should have done it a long time ago and saved myself all that trouble. But I knew what God did in my heart. I knew what took place in my mind and my spirit while I was dealing with these issues that came up in our lives as young folks serving God. And I know how we desired to please the Lord, how we wanted to be what we ought to be, how we wanted to move up in God, how we wanted to dedicate, how we wanted to consecrate, how we wanted to be acceptable to the Lord, how we wanted God to bless us. And let me tell you something, that attitude is what brought us this far. I heard old Brother Shu say for years, God's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of attitudes. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We didn't get here by accident. We didn't teach these things because we didn't know any better. We taught these things because we had learned better. Come on now, come on, come on, come on, come on. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And John said, look to yourselves, that you lose not those things, that we've wrought, that we hammered out, hallelujah, that was beat into you, that was sweat and heat and labor, that you suffered over, that you cried over, that you prayed over, that you yielded, you had to bend your will, you had to give up and get over for God to put these things in your life. He said, now don't just throw it away and don't just count it insignificant. It cost somebody something to have what you and I have here now. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. There are many standards of that nature. There are many things. They differ among us. But I heard years ago, and I preached it myself, the battle is where you draw the line. It doesn't matter where you draw the line in your church. Even the liberal churches have trouble holding what they got. If you want to fight, just tell people no. Doesn't matter where it is. Praise God. I've seen churches that were liberal as they can be and others that were very, very tight and conservative. And they were all fighting. It didn't matter where you draw the line. People resist restriction. Praise God. I heard, I heard years ago, well, I guess I got him on my mind today. But I heard this old gentleman say that the sin in the Garden of Eden was not so much what she done, but said the thing that got Eve in trouble, she hated restriction. The old man thought that. Hallelujah. He said she had all the other trees in the garden. She didn't even need one more tree. It wouldn't have made her no difference. 
But it would just happen to be that God said, this one you can't have. Well, my, the Lord Jehovah, that's the one she wanted. Hallelujah. She had all them other trees. She didn't need no more trees. She had the whole paradise. And I teach too, some folk ain't even happy in paradise. There's some folk you couldn't make them happy. No matter what you've done. Praise God. Give them laughing gas. They cry anyhow. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. But she hated restriction. Oh, you can't make anything for God unless you die out. You'll never change that. It'll be that way till Jesus comes. You, you've got to die out. You have to say, well, boy, you sure do. That might, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Don't tell me you don't, because you do. Hallelujah. Jesus said, no man can be my disciple unless he deny himself. And I'll tell you one thing, my friend. I can say, well, not that easy either. I start to say, I can say no to anybody. It's getting harder all the time. But usually we can say no to anybody but one person. It's hard to say no to yourself. And Jesus said, if a man would be my disciple, let him take up his cross and deny himself. Whoop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now, you got quiet again. Oh, I know them searching words, but it's still true. Hallelujah. But he said, lose not those things which we have wrought. That has been hammered out. Beat out. Can I talk like I want to talk? Can I talk like I want to talk? You know, years ago, if some girls show up in slats and all that kind of stuff, we just throw a wall on fit, preach and jump and declare and rebuke and raise Cain. Go home wore out trying to eat the world out of our church. Do you know something? We were the biggest fools that ever lived if we don't stick by it. I'm going to tell you something. If I, I have went through the torments of the damned over some of these things. And if I was going to give in, I should have done it and saved myself a lot of trouble and a lot of work. But I'll tell you why i done it. I believed it with all my heart. You want to know something else? I still do. And I'll tell you how the Lord dealt with me. I, I'm just using the jewelry as an illustration to show you that many things of this nature did not come easy. There were many things. They didn't come easy. Some of these things were preached and preached and preached. And they were taught. They were explained. They were proven. And we broke our wills and we yielded and we repented. And we, we yielded ourselves to God in, in the church and the teachings of the church. That didn't come so easy. That cost us something. I'm not ready to just throw all that to the wind. I got an investment in this thing. And I intend to get a full reward. Praise God. I hope you understand where I'm coming from. 
I said, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Praise God's sweet name. And it's not easy, I admit that. You say, well, we're living in a different generation. <laughs> yes, and they, the generation before me can say the same thing. Every generation's different. Not every generation can learn. We did. I said, we did. We did. What's the matter with them getting the same outlook we had? The same fear. And I'm still on this thing. This will never bless my family. This will never bless your children. It will never bless the future. Unless it stays with the same potency it always has been. Unless the same mixture. It must not be untempered mortar. It mustn't be watered down. It mustn't be modernized and defused. We need to leave the fire in it. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh. Lord, I thank you today. Now. Fifteen minutes left? Yeah. You'd be surprised how much trouble you can get in in ten minutes. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Psalm 85.4. We didn't even get through this today. But I felt good. Did you feel all right? Psalm 85.4. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause that anger toward us to cease. Lord, have mercy. I thank you for this. <laughs> but I have here a turn can mean salvation. A turn can mean salvation. I'm not going to continue any farther with this, I don't think. I think I'd kind of like to stop there. Praise God, and maybe we can continue with it the rest tomorrow. Praise God. But he said, lose not those things which we have wrought You know, we, we, ought to, we ought to know something by now. Sometimes you wait. Sister Evans and I bought a piano. Everything I talked about now is 20 years ago. Well, it just happened to be that. That's all. <laughs> but we couldn't afford the piano we bought. We bought a Baldwin Aquasonic in the apartment. And today that same piano is, I think, $8,000. Back then it was only about 2200 But there were cheaper ones. We could have got one for 600 But we bought one that cost three or four times more than the average one. Because I happened to want that quality. And we made little old piano payments. We made payments and we made payments and we made payments. I thought we'd never get done. But I never minded it because I loved what I bought so much. We raised five children without a scratch on that piano. There were scratches, but they weren't on the piano. 
And so we have company once in a while, and people would come with children that were not so well disciplined in that. And I'd tell my kids, if you let them get to that piano, I'm going to let you. And one time they really embarrassed me. When they seen the people come in, they lined up for the piano and held hands like a barricade. I said, oh my God, get away from there. They won't give it away, you know. But now we have nine grandchildren, and the oldest is four, just all babies. And people are, you know, they're wanting to, well, they're really, they're wanting to bet me money that I'll let them play it, you know. And I didn't bet. Good thing, because some of them's playing it now and then behind my back. But anyhow, there, I look at it now, and it holds memories, and it tells me a lot of things. And, you know, I don't know, I kept that nice all these years and you know something there's just something in me brother spell i just don't feel like letting them tear it up so help me god i don't i just happen to don't feel like it i kept it nice that long fought demons and devils lost friends got in trouble over at one time Man, oh man, a woman came to our trailer one time with a little girl. I don't remember her name, but I know what it should have been, Legions. And she came into the trailer, walked over there, and took her fist up and down the piano, and just went bang, 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 bang. And I looked at the woman, looked at my wife, and my wife, she knew what was coming. And the woman never shocked her. I didn't think, I wouldn't say this is God, don't blame God for everything I do, that's for sure. I grabbed her, she's about six years old. I grabbed her and I took her outside. I said, I'll jam you in the earth. You never do that again. Then I thought, oh God, what have I done? Now this woman, oh Jesus, she'll be hating me. And when we go to church, I have to face her and all that. But she didn't even get offended. Well, them stories come back to me, you know. After all them years, all I've been through to protect that dumb thing, and then I'm going to turn around and let some spoiled brats just tear it up? No, no, no. <laughs> In neon lights, no way, Jose, hallelujah. I've had enough of that mess. Praise God. And that's just a silly little old illustration about a piano. But I'm going to tell you something. God loves some things here too. And God put a love in our hearts for a lot of these things. And, you know, they didn't come that easy. They did cost us. People did suffer. There was a lot of, yeah, yeah, that went into some of the things we have today. And I don't feel like just throwing them away and letting them lay. And I don't intend to let some little self-willed undisciplined lay on a seeing person come in here and just raise clean and tear down my playhouse hallelujah praise God hey 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 they didn't spare us and we're not going to spare you hallelujah to God come on stand and let's praise the Lord together can you praise him can you stand and praise the Lord You could be saying just a moment, praise.